With Hashem's assistance, we learn about Bukhamad Daf Gimel, page 23. We begin on the second line. Amar Rabbi Rabbi says, Kasha Leila Abaye. Abaye had the following question. According to the one who says that the, his chayv is the obligation to pay in regards to fire is an extension of the person himself. It's like a, it's like an arrow that he shot out from him. So then in regards to something that's hidden inside of a haystack, let's say. So we said that there's a tour, there's no obligation to pay for that thing if fire damaged it. So why should that be? Asks Abaye, explains Rashi. The question is like this, that a person, if it's an extension of the person, so we find that there's no difference between a person who causes damage by accident, intentionally, through no fault of his own at all, everything, there's always an obligation for him to pay. If a person causes damage, he has to pay for the damage. So that being the case, there should be no difference if we're talking about something that's hidden, something that's revealed, it's all the same. In regards to a person, and if fire is an extension of the person, so we see that there's no there's no differences in different cases. Whereas in regards to if it would be that it was mamun, if if it's like a shore or like a boar, if it's like an ox or a pit. So we see that there are distinctions, there are exceptions in regards to the cases that are exclusively mamun, that are not considered an extension of the person himself. So Bishlam, it's very good according to Shmuel who says that, it, that indeed we're talking about a case that Ish is the Shavis, the obligation is because of his moment, of his object that caused damage. But if it's an extension of himself, that's where we run into problems. That's the Bayes question. And he answered this question by saying, that we consider the cases where there was a fire in a certain Chatzar, in a certain domain. And then something happened which was out of his control, which was that the, the fence that, that would have blocked this fire from going anywhere, it fell down, not because of the fire. And the fire went and it lit something else, and it caused damage in another domain. So the Hasam called the So there it's no longer an extension of the person himself, and therefore there's no obligation to pay for something that got destroyed, that was hidden. So the Gemara says, If that's the case, why should you have an obligation to pay even for something which is revealed? Even the haystack itself. Forget about the thing that's inside of it, the haystack itself you shouldn't have to pay for, because it's no, it's no longer an extension of the person, it's an onus, it was completely out of his control that this wall fell. So the Gemara comes to a conclusion here and says, The one who holds that fire is an extension of the human being himself, he holds that not only that, there's two aspects to the hezek, to the damage that's caused by fire. One is, it's an extension of the person himself, but sometimes there's also a concept that it's his maman, something that belongs to him that causes damage. And this case, we take the same exact case, where he started off the fire. So when he originally started the fire, so it was constrained. So his original power, his original koyach, the force, was not going to go any further. However, something happened, and so so the the wall fell down, and he could have picked up that wall. So since now he could have picked up that wall, so now when it causes damage, it's exactly the same case as a shore, as a as an ox, let's say, which is his value, it's his it's his moment. Meaning in regards to the chetz, in regards to his original koyach, his original force, so that was stopped already. It was constrained at the beginning, and therefore it's not considered his, uh, his force or, or continuation of his force. But in regards to the moment, it's still his moment, and he could have picked up the wall and, and removed the danger, but he didn't. So therefore, the Hasim Shari, who, so therefore it's exactly the same case as an ox, where he hadn't properly gone and made sure that it was protected and constrained that the ox shouldn't go out and cause damage. So therefore, that's why the, uh, there's going to be obligation only on something which is revealed, but we'll have something which is hidden, let's say, where there's no obligation, because there, in that case, you can separate the chetz, the extension of the person himself, from the moment, from the aspect of it that's the age, the fires, also has an obligation from the fact that it's a person's
moment his monetary thing. So the Gemara asks, now that we're saying that according to the one who says that the fire is an extension of himself and it's also, there's an obligation because of the fact that it's his value, it's something that belongs to him, what's going to be the practical difference between these two shitas? You're going to have a difference in the case to obligate him in four different things. The four different things are Nezek, Tsar, Ripri, and Shabbos. Damages, pain, the doctor bills, and whatever loss of work that he had. So what does that mean? That means if let's say you have that H, fire is an extension of the person, and the fire went and damaged a person's hand, let's say, caused him tremendous damage on his hand. So if fire is an extension, as we're saying, of the human being, so in a human being, one, one person causes damage to another person, so there's an obligation to pay for these things. The, the damages, not just the damages, but also the pain and the doctor bills and the loss of work. So that's only if you hold like that. But if you hold that H is only exclusively Mishum Amoin, it's only considered his money, something that, like an ox that gored, so then there's only going to be an obligation to pay for the damage. Now the Gemara continues, We said in the Mishnah that if a dog took a piece of cake that was attached to a coal, so when it, when it took, to, took it to a haystack, it ate up the piece of cake, and the coal ended up touching a haystack, burning down the haystack, so we said there's an obligation to pay full damages on the piece of cake, and there's an obligation to pay half the damages on the godish on the haystack. Man so who has an obligation to pay here? Baal Kalev, the person who owns the dog, that's who has the obligation to pay. So the Gemara asks, why don't we say that the person who owns the coal should also have to pay for the haystack? Because he was also involved, it's his mom, like we said, everyone agrees, at least, that the Eish is Mishum that a fire is is considered a person's thing, it belongs to a person and it caused damage, so the person who owns the coal should also have to pay. The Gemara answers, that the case is talking about where the person properly watched, properly protected his coal that it shouldn't get taken. So if the case is that he watched it that it shouldn't get taken, my boy Kelefazim. So how did the dog get it? What's the dog doing there? The Gemara answers, because the dog dug a hole underneath the, underneath the door in order to get into the into the place where this coal was. The Gemara says, Amar Rav Mari Breder of Kahana. Rav Mari Breder of Kahana says, So this teaches us that that it's the way of a dog to go and to dig a hole underneath a door. What does that mean? Meaning, in order for it to be a schaivus, in order for it to be an obligation to pay full damages on the piece of cake, so the, the dog had to get into where the cake was, where the coal was, now it's only done, it was only able to be done if it dug underneath the door. So that being the case, so it must be that it's common, otherwise it wouldn't be an obligation to pay full damages. So it's very interesting, because what comes out according to this is that it's normal for a dog, let's say you're the owner of a dog, so it's normal for you and your dog to cause this damage, to end up taking, to, to climb underneath someone's door and to dig a hole to take the coal and to, to take the cake. However, in regards to the person whose house it is, so it's not so common, it's not common enough for him to have an eschivus, it's considered that he properly watched it, even though dogs could theoretically uh, dig underneath, he doesn't have to like make a metal wall underneath the ground to prevent these dogs from coming, no. It's, it's not something that's common in regards to each and every individual, it's only common in regards to the owner of the dog, it's very interesting. Well, what comes out of all of this is that the owner of the dog has the obligation, because for him it's something that's common, and for the owner of the coal, so he protected it properly, so he has no obligation. So the Gemara says, the Achla Hecha. Now the Gemara wants to know, where was this coal, uh, where was this coal brought to, and where was this piece of cake eaten? If it went outside of the house, outside of the property of the person that it took the piece of cake from, and it ate it next to a haystack, 
of someone else and it caused the damage to a haystack of someone else so why would there be an obligation to to pay for the full damages for that piece of cake the only time there's an obligation to pay full damages for the piece of cake is only if that piece of cake was eaten and damaged in the place that belongs to the person whose cake it is so it must be what's the case that the cases where it ate it next to the haystack of the owner of that piece of cake and therefore what the dog did it dug into that into the property of the person who owned that piece of cake and that coal and then it took the piece of cake it ate it next to the haystack of the owner of that piece of cake and it with that coal that belonged to the owner of the haystack and the piece of cake and the coal so it caused the damage to his haystack and that's why there's an obligation to pay full damages on the piece of cake because it was inside of the ownership of the person whose cake it was and that's why there's a ha- there's an obligation to pay half damages because it's rorous it's considered like it shot out stones and here we're talking about fire the Gemara continues, Tifshite, we can answer a question from the fact that we see that the owner of an animal has to pay when its animal eats something. So we can deduce to pee para that the mouth of a cow when it's eating, we turn to Chafkimel on base, page 23b, Kechatsar Hanizak Domi, it's considered like the domain of the person who's getting damaged. The Ikechatsar Mazik Domi, because if it would have been considered like the domain of the person causing the damage, a person could say, what is your piece of cake, let's say, doing in the mouth of my dog? Meaning, follow this carefully. Because we ask the following question, The mouth of the cow, when it's causing damage inside of someone's domain, inside of the person who got damaged, his domain. So now the, the mouth of the cow, is it perhaps considered like the person who owns the cow, is it his domain, because it's his thing, or do we say no, the fact that it's eating inside of the person who's getting damaged in his domain, therefore it's considered his domain. For example, let's say Ruvain's cow walks into Shimon's property and eats up Shimon's fruits. So now, the cow, when it's eating inside of its mouth, is that considered like Ruvain's property, or is it considered like Shimon's property? So now we have an answer to that question, because we see from, there's a, from the fact that there's an obligation for someone to pay when his animal is eating something, which belongs to someone else inside of the other person's property, we don't consider it like the property of the person who's causing damage. So now the Gemara says, hold on a second. If we, how could we ever entertain the possibility that it's considered like the, the property, inside of the mouth of his animals, considered like the property of the person causing damage? Because how could you ever have a case of an animal eating and causing damage? The Torah says that there is such a case. So how could you have it if inside of the mouth is considered like the, the domain of the person causing damage? So Rav Mar, the son of Rav Kahana, says like this, We could say that the case is talking about where it rubbed its back against a wall in order because it had an itch on its back. I mean, what is the definition of shame? It's not per se an animal eating something. The definition of shame is where an animal is causing damage while it's doing something that benefits it. So theoretically, you could have a case without any food entering its mouth. For example, where an animal scratches its back on the wall and causes damage to the wall. Or in other cases, or where it's rolling around on the floor and it gets a bunch of fruits dirty. It was doing it in order to, to benefit itself. It was rolling around because maybe it had an itch, whatever the case was. So the Gemara says, hold on a second, ask Tumo. We know that the concept of ubir, of causing damage, means to consume something completely. That's what we see from the verse. We're missing that. So Ravina says we could say that the cases indeed where it did completely damage the thing, for example, where it was rubbing its back against the wall, and it was doing it to benefit itself because it had an itch, and there was a picture on the wall that got completely rubbed out. 
Ravashi Amr the Pasipsui. Ravashi says that you could also have a case with the fruits where it's rolling around on the floor and it so completely cakes the fruits with dirt to the point that they're completely unable to be gotten out of there, completely unable to be used at all. So you do have a case which doesn't involve the mouth at all where it can in fact completely destroy the thing that's getting damaged. Now the Gemara, so it seems that this this question was asked in a different in a different place, which we're quoting from, and it brought a number of different proofs whether we could say that it's considered the Chatzar Anizik or the Chatzar Amazik, the mouth of the animal. Tashima, we bring a proof. Shisa by Sakelev, if let's say somebody sicks someone else's dog on someone and causes damage, Ruvain sicks Shimon's dog on Levi, and Levi's hand gets gets very badly bruised, damaged, bitten. Shisa by Sanachash, or if Ruvain sicked uh, Shimon's snake on Levi, Potter. There's no obligation there. There's no obligation to pay the damages. Man Potter. So who has no obligation? Mishasa Potter. So the Gemara here thinks that it's the person who sicked the dog or the snake, he has no obligation to pay. But the owner of the dog will indeed have an obligation to pay. So it's a proof that it's considered the Chatzar Nizik, it's considered the mouth of the animal that bit this person, it's considered the Chatzar, the domain of the person who got damaged. Because if it would be considered the, the domain of the person who caused the damage, he could say to him, what's your hand doing inside of the mouth of my my dog? So the Gemara answers, it's not a good proof, because we could say, that when it says there's no obligation, it could mean even the person who's sick to the dog, and also the person whose dog it is doesn't have an obligation. Why? Because it could be that, in fact, the mouth of the dog is considered the chatzar mazik, it's considered the domain of the person who caused the damage, and therefore he also will have no obligation to pay for these damages. He by him another possibility, that actually, when this dog caused damage to this hand or to the person, to the second person, so it didn't actually, the hand never went inside of the dog's mouth, but rather the dog stuck out its teeth and scratched the person, and that's how the damage was caused, and therefore it doesn't even enter into this discussion. Tashama, the Gemara brings another proof. If let's say Ruvain takes his snake, and he puts it right next to the hand of someone else, and the person gets bitten and dies. Rabbi Yehuda says that the person, Ruvain, who picked it up, picked up his snake and killed the other person, is considered he killed him, and therefore he has to be killed. Chachamim say, however, that there's no obligation of death on the person who picked up this snake and put it next to his friend's hand. came to explain this, uh, what we need to say according to Yehuda is Eris Nachash Ben Shinov who I made that the snake so it's out of the snake's control whether it's going to bite someone and kill them it's standing there right between the, the Eris the poison is right between its teeth so therefore if Ruvain picks up the snake and puts it right next to Shimon so the snake has no choice it's going to end up killing Shimon no matter what so it's exactly like taking a sword and killing someone so why is there no obligation why is it not liable for death according to the sages the only way to get the poison out of the snake is only if the snake decides that it wants to kill this person. So therefore, the person himself does not have an obligation, is not liable for death, but the snake itself has to be killed. And the person who actually uh, put the snake next to his friend, so he doesn't have to be killed. So if it would be true that whenever an animal causes damage, so inside of its mouth is considered like the domain of the person who caused the damage, so lay 
So then he should be able to say to this guy, what's your hand doing in the mouth of my snake? So from the fact that we see that he can't say that, from the fact that we see that the snake is chayv, means has to be killed, even though the person, so to speak, stuck his hand inside the snake's mouth when he got poisoned. So this proves that no, it's considered that it's the chatzar hanizak, that inside of the mouth of the snake is still considered the place, the domain of the person who caused the damage. So the Gemara says it's not a good proof. Because it could be that elsewhere, we do say it's considered the chatzar hamazik, that when, when it's something gets damaged, it's inside of the mouth of a cow, so it's considered that it's getting damaged inside of the domain of the person who's causing the damage. But it could be over here that's completely different, because when we talk about death, we talk about something causing death to someone else, so that we, this idea does not apply at all when it comes to death. Because you can never say, what's your hand doing inside of my animal that you got killed? You can never say that. Only in regards to mumminess, to money matters. How do we know that this is true? The tiny wave of Brisa. If Ruvain goes into the domain of Shimon, without permission, and Shimon's shore, Shimon's ox, kills Ruvain, Umeis, he dies, so the ox has to be killed, has to be stoned, and the owner of this ox does not have to pay for the value of the person as a slave. Why doesn't he have to pay the value of the person? Because in regards to money matters, he can say, what were you doing in my domain? I don't have to pay for that. So why can't he say the same thing in regards to the ox? Why does the ox have to be killed? So when it comes to death, matters of death, you can't say, what were you doing in my domain? It's it's your tough because you shouldn't have walked into my property. No. If someone gets killed, the ox has to be killed as well. So too in regards to the snake, we don't, we're never going to say that, uh, why are you sticking your hand inside of my mouth? No. If the person got killed, we look at the, the fact that he got killed, and therefore the animal that killed him gets killed as well. The Gemara continues. Honey, easy to be tarbo. There was this family in Beit Harbo who had these goats. They were causing damage to Rav Yosef's cargo to his land. So Abaye, so Rav Yosef says to Abaye, He says to him, Rav Yosef tells Abaye to go and tell the owners that they should take care of their animals and not allow them to graze. So Abaye said to him, Why should I go? So so Rav Yosef answered, because if I go, they're going to tell me that I should make a fence around my property. And that's not a good taina. And if indeed I would have an obligation to protect my field with a fence, how could I ever have an obligation? How could there be an obligation on somebody whose animal goes and eats something and it has to be in the domain of the person who got damaged? How could that ever happen? So we see from that, so that there's an obligation, not on the person whose piece of land it is to, to make some kind of fence, but rather there's an obligation on the person whose animal it is to make sure this animal doesn't go out. But they're going to say that I should make a fence. So the Gemara answers, Kishachatra, you could have a case, it seems like Abai is answering, that you could have a case, even though you have an obligation to make a fence, that the animal could come in, it could uh, make a hole underneath the fence and come in. Or for example, where the wall falls down in the middle of the night, and therefore there would be an obligation to pay, even though there is an obligation upon the person whose field it is, to make a fence. It still could be, there's an obligation on the owner of the animal to pay, because the animal either went in underneath the fence, or the, the fence fell down in the middle of the night. That's what Abai answered him. Machris Revesif, Revesif, may the Pronouncement, those who go to Israel or those who come from Israel to Babylonia, Hani Easy, they're aware of the following halacha. Hani Easy, the Shuka. So these goats that are brought to marketplace to be sold for slaughtering, the Masidi, the causing damage, so we warn their owners, two or three times. If they listen, then all is well. 
loy, but if they don't listen and they don't make sure that their animal is pr- protected from causing any kind of damage, so we force them to actually sell it, not on the market day even. So usually they would wait until the market day to sell their animals. So these guys that were waiting around, their animals were causing damage. So we say to them, you actually have to sell your animal today, even though it's not the market day, and you're going to get a lower price for that. We begin the mission. Ezutam, Ezumwood. What's called an animal that's going to have to pay only half the damages because it's not a wild animal? And what's called a muwa that has to be full damages because it's called wild? Muwad kol she'idu According to Tanakama, if there's a testimony upon this animal that it's done at three days, specifically days, vitam, when does it revert back to being called that it's not wild anymore? When it passes through three days without causing any damage. These are the words of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Meir says, Muad, what's called an animal that has to pay full damages? that they testified upon it three times, meaning it did it three times. It doesn't have to be on three different different days. It could even be on one day. Vitam, when does it regain its status of not being a wild animal? Any animal that the children are touching it and it doesn't cause damage.